It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 180, The Prophet Micah. Prior to the invasion of Judah, we're introduced to the prophet Micah. Micah is a country boy, unlike Isaiah, who prophesies from the city and capital Jerusalem. Micah is a hard worker in the field in a small town, and he speaks out against the horrors of his day and the sin under King Ahaz. And he has a dramatic end times type of encounter and a prophecy about Jesus, which we'll cover in this episode. Micah, the voice from the wilderness, and Isaiah, a voice from the capital, will be the prophetic voices of this generation. Isaiah is going to give the, the hedonistic foolishness of Ahaz a dark, horrible glance and rebuke. Micah is going to give a similar scathing rebuke, almost like a condemnation both prophets speak of in a similar experience, in heavenly experience, and the future destruction of Jerusalem, and speak of the Redeemer of all Redeemers to come. We start with Micah's terrifying rebuke of the sin of Israel. Micah 3, Then I said, Listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, should you not embrace justice, you who hate good and love evil? You tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones in pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot. Then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. At that time, he will hide his face from them because of the evil they had done. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who lead my people astray, they proclaim peace if they have something to eat, but prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. Therefore, night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, the spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill a mound overgrown with thickets. What's going on is that Judah has been taken over by hedonistic, idol-worshipping priests who call themselves prophets of God. Ahaz has led the nation astray, and things are horrid in Jerusalem. And Judah and Micah are speaking to the end of Judah as a nation, following in line with the end of northern Israel, spoken so many times over previously. And yeah, the horrid detail of skin being torn from limbs is a very nasty description of the detail involved in the worship of Molech um, and other idol-worshiping gods which requires the death of innocence. The Lord sees all, and he will hold all accountable. 
But in the midst of condemnation, the Lord reveals great redemption in the world to come. Micah 4. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and the people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid. For the Lord Almighty has spoken. In case you are wondering, this is the new Jerusalem from Revelation chapter 21, the second to last chapter in the Bible, the end of the age and the end of the Bible. David Guzik from the Enduring Word website has some cool quotes from commentaries, and he quotes the commentary by Martin with these words regarding this scripture. It is the characteristic of redemptive prophecy that it often mingles different times together in one composite picture. Isn't that good? Prophecy combines different ages into one composite picture. It's almost like the prophets tap into the vantage of God alone, and when they do, they see a location. It's the same location, but a different time and a different season, relative to geography, but not to one specific time. For example, a look at Jerusalem from God's perspective can reveal the first, second, or third temple time frame, or the seasons in between, or even the end of the age. So that's God's perspective. It's, it's beyond time. There's a geography involved when we look in, in our world, but seasons and times are different. So now that Micah has covered the end of the age, why not go to the messianic time frame and the fulfillment of the redemption of man? Micah speaks to the wickedness of Israel, and then instantly he changes gears again, revealing the truth that will propel the Magi to a little town in Judah. Micah 4.10 Ride in agony, daughter Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon. There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. But now many nations are gathered against you. They say, let her be defiled. Let our eyes gloat over Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan, that he has gathered them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Rise and thresh, daughter Zion, for I give you horns of iron. I will give you hooves of bronze, and you will break to pieces many nations. You will devote their ill-gotten gains to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with the rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Yep, that is what it says. In the midst of the intensity of judgment, 
outsprings the prophecy of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. If this wasn't just a slip-up or some unimportant string in the midst of other words, we have it quoted in Matthew 2, 5. It's really cool when the scholars of the law and the Pharisees, who end up becoming the religious bad guys in the New Testament, confirm the truths and importance of pieces of the Old Testament. Matthew 2, 5. In Bethlehem, in Judah, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Well, the judgment words continue until Micah arrives at his conclusion. The narrative comes to a conclusion at some point arriving at the faith and goodness of the world to come and the faithfulness of our God. Let's conclude this episode with the hope of God we have at the end of Book of Micah and cover the wonderful prospect that we actually have through prophecy, a home for the birth of the future king who will restore all things. The scholars in the law knew it in Jesus' day, and this is why the Magi were led to Bethlehem, and this is why Herod ordered all the babies in Bethlehem to be killed. God telegraphed his move to the rulers and principalities of the world, and he hid it in the plain sight of well-documented, publicly spoken judgment words of the prophets. It's like he purposely hid them in plain sight for all to see, to be a spectacle for the world. It's the delivery that was probably the biggest challenge. It's not the words. It's a context that is hard to fathom. Unless you consider it was God who placed it there to be seen and heard and considered, it was just in a message delivery package not expected. And consider that thought, right? That today God is speaking, but in a message delivery method you wouldn't expect. If God is really doing this, make sure to not miss it by judging with your mind or your flesh and not with your spirit. Here we are at the end of Micah. Check out the hope God leaves with us in the name of Jesus Christ. Micah 7, 4. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance, which lives by itself in a forest in fertile pasture lands. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in days long ago. As in the days when you came out of Egypt, I will show them my wonders. Nations will see and be ashamed, deprived of all their power. They will put their hands over their mouths, and their ears will become deaf. They will lick dust like a snake, like creatures that crawl on the ground. They will come trembling out of their dens. They will turn in fear to the Lord our God and will be afraid of you. Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression and the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our inequities in the depths of the sea. You will be faithful to Jacob and show love to Abraham as you pledged on oath to your ancestors in days long ago.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com. Share the Facebook page if you want to chat. Email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.